So let's go ahead and jump in today. So today we're talking about how to have complete confidence and peace. And uh, so what I want to do is I want to go through some of these high points first and go through some of these scriptures. So I'm going to throw some scriptures at you real fast to establish a baseline, to establish a foundation, and then I want us to discuss this. Uh, so the problem is, <laughs> Pastor John says, time off, is that a thing? It should be. It should be. Um, so the problem is that many times people are walking in such a burden of their life and they're carrying the anxiety of life uh, that they are not in peace, they're struggling, they're having all kinds of issues, that God has actually given us the grace so that we don't have to have that. In the end, because of that, now they're not flowing in confidence. They're not confident in what they're doing. They're not confident in where they're going. They're not confident in how to get there. They're not confident in their destiny. Yeah. And they're out of peace in all of these things. And there's a solution that God has provided for us. And I want to lay the foundation of that. But what it's going to come back down to is trust. So I'm going to trust y'all to keep up with the comments like always. But what it's going to come back down to is trust. Is do we trust what God has said? Yeah. And the issue is we say that we do. We know the items many times. And we agree with the items. But do we actually trust it? And the answer is no, we don't actually trust these things. And so I'm going to show you this. So think about this. Um, what is it that would cause somebody to lose confidence? Why would they have a lack of confidence? And generally, the answer is because they don't know what to do. They're unsure of themselves, right? Yeah. Um, why would they have a lack of peace? Because they're carrying a weight, generally because they don't know what to do. They don't know how this is going to work out. So when you start boiling those down and breaking it down into pieces, it comes from a lack of knowledge. It comes from a lack of being sure about who they are, what they're called to do, yeah. and all of those things. It, it, that's the issue, right? And so many, many, many times, many times, I watch people in a, a lack of confidence and a lack of peace because they don't know who they are and you know what they're doing. Now, one, I have a friend, and he came to me, and one of the things that he said to me was this. He said, man, you've got to be one of the most confident people that you ever know. And I was thinking, I don't feel like that. I don't feel like I'm the most confident ever. Um, what I... What, but what he was seeing, and I want you to see this, he was seeing the confidence of my relationship with God. He was seeing that confidence. In other words, I'm not confident in myself. I'm confident in Jesus. I'm confident in my fellowship with God. And because I trust him so much, that makes decisions easy right? That makes when I don't logically know what's going on, I can still be at ease because I'm so confident in him and I'm confident in that relationship. And so what I want us to see is when we get into a confidence, and y'all can look at these, and when we get into a confidence of this, uh, we're going to have a confidence of the reality of fellowship with God. Yeah. And so uh, I want to I show you this. That first of all, let me just walk you through this, build this. The first thing to put in there is we need to have 
a reality of intimate fellowship with the Father. Yeah. We need to have, put that in the comments, we need to have a reality of intimate fellowship with the Father. So this is how to have a complete confidence and peace. So the reality of fellowship, John 17, 3, he said, this is eternal life, that they may know you. In other words, they'll have intimate knowledge of the Father, and it goes on, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So Jesus went to the cross for us to have eternal life. God defined eternal life as intimate fellowship with the Father and the Son. Yeah. And so this is not something that's far off. This is something we have right now in our hands. If you're born again, you already possess the reality of a doorway that goes into intimate fellowship. Yeah. So not everybody will walk in intimate fellowship. We see that. You can see that in Revelation chapter 2 where the church at Ephesus is actually out of fellowship. They're doing a lot of good work, but they're out of fellowship, right. and that's their problem, okay? And he says, if you remain out of fellowship, their first love, if you remain out of fellowship, I'll remove you. So it's a serious deal, right? I'm not going to let you keep being a church if you don't get into fellowship. You know, that's, that's a, a serious moment. It's, so apparently God holds this very, very uh, highly. You know, it's a high priority to God because he would close down a church because they are not in fellowship with him, yeah. right? I don't want to be that personally, and I don't want that to be, I don't want to be that as a church either. We need to stay in fellowship. In other words, if he's holding us, think about this, if he's holding us responsible for intimate fellowship with him, then obviously he's given us the tools yeah. to make that come to pass. In other words, he can't hold us responsible for something that he's not given us the ability to do, mm -hmm. right? That would be unjust of him. So obviously he's given us the ability to walk in that. The reality is that the saving grace of Christ gave us intimate fellowship with God, and we need to choose to walk in that. Now, here's, here's one of the issues, and this is really where I'm going today, is how many Christians believe that they can have that type of fellowship? Not many. No, not many. <laughs> They'll agree with it. They'll amen it, but their lives don't have the fruit of it. And I'll tell you, as I was a young minister coming into uh, ministry and starting to see behind the scenes of some churches and things like that, I was so discouraged. Uh, I was so discouraged because what I saw was a lack of intimate fellowship in the leaders, in the pastors. And I went, oh my gosh, like I'm thinking everybody's walking on like this ethereal plane, you know, and I walk in and they're all just as worldly and, and they don't have any fellowship yep. with God and they don't know how to hear from God. And I'm like, what is going on? You know, it was very, very discouraging. And I realized, as a matter of fact, it made me not want to go on. Yeah. It made me want to just say, I don't want to be this, you know. And, of course, I had a talk with the Lord out of my fellowship. And I said, Lord, I don't like this at all. And he said, then you be, ultimately, he said, then you be the person that you're looking for. Yeah. Right? You be that person, Right. And so I sought to be that person. I sought to go after God and have that intimate fellowship. And I found that very quickly um, it started raising me to places uh, that 
I wasn't necessarily comfortable with. So, for example, I would, you know, there's multiple ministers that were my pastors in the past that I have a ministry that's advancing more than theirs is, things like that. Not all of them, not all of them, but multiple places. I noticed that my revelation and my knowledge grew beyond that, right? And so you start to see, not, not all of them, many of them sowed into my life, but there were multiple ones where, and I didn't like that. I didn't yeah. want to pass my leaders, you know? But did I have a responsibility to do that? You know, uh, yes, because my call and your call, a believer's call, is to go after God. So it was uncomfortable to my flesh. Now I'll tell you, if you're if you're here at Boomerang and you're trying to pass me, you know, spiritually, then I'm going to give you a run for your money, you know, um, and and I'm going to try to not let that happen because not because I'm competing with you, but because I'm going to keep going after God. Yeah. I'm going to keep studying to show myself approved. I'm going to continue to judge myself. I'm going to continue to grow. Right. And, uh, and, and so that means I'm going to continue to spend time in intimate fellowship because that's the key. In him, we live and move and have our being. And so, uh, you know, I've had people that thought they were, and, and then, you know, the Lord even told me one time, he said, just wait a few months and see what happens. And yeah. a few months later, they weren't around, and I was still going, you know. Yeah. So God's looking for diligence in that, not just a spike. Right. Okay? Not just a spike. But what I'm getting at is there's a fellowship and there's a relationship with the Father and the Son that is so real. There's the reality of intimate fellowship where you and God are walking hand in hand and it's a every second of every day and it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. And so that's what God wants for us. He wants that reality. Yeah. Now think about that. Think about that. If God walked into this room and God's sitting here, and I mean the room's, you know, just, just pulsing with his power and his glory, right? How confident, besides being overwhelmed by his glory, you know that you're his, you know that you're in his family. How confident are you going to be? Like, are you concerned about not being able to pay the bills? No. no. Are you concerned about getting healed? No. Are you con no? Because all of that's a that's happening right now in His presence is fullness of joy. Just yeah. His presence is starting to bring things about, right? Yeah. So we would be so confident, but the issue is we can't see Him physically most times. We can't see Him, and so because we've been so walking by sight, we don't carry that confidence all the yeah. time. But yet we're supposed to have that confidence because he says, I'll never leave you yeah. nor forsake you. Yeah. Lo, I'm with you always. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. As he is, so are we in this world. We are seated with him in heavenly places. Our, our closeness to God is always there, always readily available. Yeah. Why is it we are not confident? And it's because we don't have a reality yeah. of that relationship. That is not a reality to us. It's not a revelation to yeah. us. And yet the word tells us over and over and over again that it's supposed to be a reality. Yeah. So when you look at that verse right there, this is eternal life that I've already given you through Christ. Anyone can grab a hold of it. That, that 
Eternal life is relationship. Uh, James 4, 8 says this. He makes this promise. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. He'll draw near to you. Yeah. Draw near to God. He will draw near to you, James 4, 8. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me, and mm. I will answer you, and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. Yeah. Call to me, he says. In other words, he's there. All of basically John 15, abide in me. Yep. About How many times is he talking about this reality of fellowship with him that he we're supposed to abide with him, we're supposed to be with him, we call to him, he's there, he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us. But see, okay then, where's our confidence? If that's a reality and that's revelation, where's our confidence then? And then uh, all, of the, all of the verses that say in him, yeah. in him, right? I mean, it's verse after verse, in him we live and move and have our being. All of these verses, in him, in Christ, right? Why would he write these verses about being in him if it wasn't dealing with an intimate fellowship and walking with him hand yeah. in hand, hand in hand all the time? Uh, and Ari quoted this one, Matthew 28, 20. He says, lo, I'm with you always. Mm -hmm. And another verse says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. The word has given us, put this in the comments. The word of God has made fellowship a reality. Yeah. Now, we may not know that. The word of God has made intimate fellowship a reality. And if it's not a reality, then we need to meditate on those verses. We need to get in those verses and get it to be a reality. And I'm not talking about just that we recognize. I'm not talking about just that we recognize that fellowship is out there and real and I can have it and amen. I'm talking about a reality where we are actually walking yeah. in yeah. it, where we're walking in it, right? Um, this is where you are you are talking to God. You are hearing from God. He's leading and guiding your steps. Yeah. Why? Because the word has made intimate fellowship a reality and he's told us to be in that so we should see it we should see, put this in the comments, we should see intimate fellowship as a responsibility and requirement. We as believers should classify intimate fellowship as a responsibility yeah. and a requirement. And we need to put that out there in the meme world. We should classify intimate fellowship as a responsibility and a requirement. And, and now, the issue is that I've watched most people, even pastors don't. I, you've heard this story before. I was in a meeting with some pastors. They were beating the bush, you know, beating this dead horse about this one issue. Uh, I know we have been talking about it for two years. And finally, and, and first of all, I didn't think we should be talking about it. It was something they were wanting to do to be like politically active. And I thought it was a waste of time the whole time. But they were talking about for two years, and then, and nothing ever happened. Like, after two years of, we would discuss this for 30 minutes to an hour every meeting, once a month, every meeting, and, uh, and after two years, we had done nothing. I was like, what in the world are we wasting our time? And I said, hey, guys, and I'm the young guy, and I've been there. I'm still the young guy, and even though I've been there for a couple of years. I'm like, how about this? How about we just pray about this? Yeah. And we asked the Lord. And these are pastors. They laughed at me and still never prayed. 
See, I'm thinking, let's go into our intimate fellowship and draw from this. These are the leaders of a region. Yeah. These are the leaders of a region. They laugh at me and still don't pray. And they come up with some logical solution instead of getting the wisdom of God. That's not a relationship. That's not a reality. And that's why people get so shaky and they don't know what to do and they get stressed out because they don't have the confidence of the wisdom of God. Yeah. They don't have the confidence of, of a Lord that will hold my hand. You yeah. know, they won't, they don't have that confidence. I have that confidence in it. You know, I have that confidence in that fellowship. When we started the church, I'd never been a pastor before. If I made a list of the things I did not know about being a pastor, like it's a long, long, long list, right? But I, here's what I knew. He told me to start it. He told me to start it. That's all I needed. Yeah. He said, he told me to start it. I knew that in that fellowship, I knew that in that fellowship was everything that I needed. In that fellowship, I would draw on his wisdom. Yeah. In that fellowship, he would show things to me, yeah. right? He would show me what I need, when I needed it. There were many times I'm walking up to do something, and I'm like, as I'm walking to do it, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I knew that when I needed it, it would be there. How could I know that? The confidence of that fellowship. Yeah. The confidence. Of, okay, so a couple of points on this. First of all, God has and will disclose and give what we need. 2 Peter 1, uh, 2 through 4 says he's already granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. And verse 4 says he's made us partners or partakers of his divine nature. Yeah. So we have everything, been, everything's been granted to us to walk out this godliness. We can take confidence in that. But if that's not revelation to us, we're going to be unsure. We're right. going to be, we're going to be unsta unstable. Now, here's the other thing. Uh, John 16, verse 13 through 15. He, he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, into all truth. And it says, and whatever, uh, whatever the Holy Spirit hears from the Father in context, he will speak it to you and he will disclose what's to come. Yep. So see, I can read this verse and I can take confidence. I don't know what's around the corner, but my Father does. And because I'm in fellowship and a relationship with the Holy Spirit, I know that if I need to know what's around the corner, he'll disclose it to me yep. in fellowship. Now, if I'm not walking in fellowship... I don't have that confidence of it. But then verse 15, he says, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, what he takes, he will take what's mine and he will disclose it to you. He will reveal it to you. He will give to you all the things that you need, yeah. which matches up with the Peter verses, right? The, the second Peter 1, 3, he's already granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. What I need for life He's already granted it yeah. to me. I, I'll, it'll manifest. What I need, what I need for godliness, He's already granted it. Granted it to me. It will manifest yeah. if I will put faith that it's mine. It will manifest. Yeah. And so, one of the things that you see is another part of being confident and not being shaky is this: is that righteousness is our. This is not in your notes, but righteousness is our foundation. I believe it's in Isaiah. Righteousness is our foundation. So if we are walking in our self-righteousness, then we can be shaken. 
But, and we will not be confident. We will be so unconfident yeah. because we're walking by our own legalistic ways, by our own works. We will be shaken left and right all the time. But when we put faith in what he has done, yeah. it says righteousness is the scepter of the kingdom and righteousness is our foundation. Now think about that. The scepter, that's in, the, that's in Hebrews, I believe it is. The scepter of the kingdom, that's a confidence that says, I have the power and the authority yeah. to get something done. It's like if he took his scepter and pointed it at somebody, things, things would happen, right? That's because you can be confident yeah. in who you are. So we have to have a revelation of intimate fellowship, and in that fellowship, we have to have a revelation of our righteousness, okay? If we don't know that we're made righteous regardless of our works, then we're going to always be shaky, right. and the devil's going to shake us, and we're going to be shaken. But if we know, no, I was a mess, but through Christ... But through Christ, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. My works even today, this morning, even my works while I'm on this broadcast are shaky and self-righteous and they're not confident-based. But if I put my faith even in this, broad, in this moment when I'm feeling like something else, but in this moment, I put my righteousness and I put my faith in the righteousness of God in Christ and I'm righteous by him, I can, I can a confidence is produced and a foundation is there. Yeah. Now, the last, the last thing that I'll show is this, is that as our ultimate substitution and as Jesus was our example, he, he leaned on the fellowship of the Father that gave him this confidence. Remember after he did the Sermon on the Mount? Uh, you know, after Matthew 5, 6, I think, five and six, maybe seven, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, they go. Because if we read through that, it's like, okay, that's, you know, we've heard it before. It doesn't seem like earth-shaking to us. But they made this statement. They said, how does he have this authority? Yeah. How does he have this authority? It wasn't what he said. It's how he said it. And how he said it was based in a confidence of his relationship with the Father. It, what he said was a confidence based on his righteousness, yeah. right? And he spoke things with an authority they had not seen. He was our example because we're supposed to speak from the same authority based on his righteousness that we receive by faith yeah. and his confidence that he had in intimate fellowship with God. So the question, the issue is how do we have confidence? And if you have confidence, You'll have a peace. Yeah. Right? If you have if you know what's about to happen, you have a peace about it. People could be flipping out, but you know you'll have a peace on it. So the, the two main areas are to have confidence and peace is to know, have revelation of your intimacy. Walk out intimate fellowship with God. Intimate fellowship with God. And two receive and walk in the righteousness of God in Christ. Yeah. Not your works, not self-righteousness, but believe by faith in his righteousness. So as our example, look at this with Jesus. I want you to see a couple of things here before we talk. I know y'all y'all probably are bursting with stuff to say, Red, because I've talked for long enough. You are good. You could probably have interrupted me like 10 times already. But anyway, so all right, listen to here. 
as our example, I want you to see some things because Jesus was our perfect example. So I want you to see some things that he did in these verses. John 5, 19, therefore, Jesus answered and was saying to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing Mm -hmm. of himself. Now think about that. How many things have we been doing that God wasn't even in? We came up with an answer, but we never even asked God. We came up with an answer, but it really, and we might have prayed, Lord, help me do it. But all of the answer was all logic, running logic in our head. God really wasn't in it. It was all logic, right? Yeah, Yeah, it was, yeah, we prayed. And we want to believe that the logic we had was God, but a lot, how many times was it not really God? Probably so many more than we want to admit. (laughs) Great point. So many more than what we want to think, yeah, and believe. All right, but Jesus said this. This was Jesus' approach. I will do nothing. Yeah. Nothing unless it's something he sees the Father doing. Mm -hmm. So as our example, he said, I'm not doing nothing. Yeah. I ain't doing squat. (laughs) Not doing a thing unless I see the Father doing it. Yeah. And so he he didn't make a bad confession. He he didn't he didn't do anything unless he knew the Father was in it, right? Now that that's one thing. But now I want you to watch this. How many things did he do? And, and I want you to see this. He says, "For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like like manner." So not only did he do what the Father did, but he did it in the specific way that the Father did it. Yeah. So not only did he know where to go or what to do, he knew how. He knew details. And what does that tell us about his relationship? He had a fellowship with the Father. Well, can we have that fellowship? That's exactly why Jesus gave his life, was for us to have that reality of a fellowship. Let let me show to you again. (laughs) These are two points where we talk about quite often. John 12, 49. Jesus said, for I did not speak of my own initiative, but the Father himself who sent me has given me a commandment as to what to say and what to speak. What to say and what to speak. Read this in the New Living. It says, um, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. Yeah. So it's not just what to say, it's how. I mean, Jesus was getting downloads out of his fellowship with the Father that was very detailed, very detailed. Yep. What to do, how to do it. Yep. And then in the New Living in John five nineteen, backing up that verse, he says, Jesus says, he does only, yeah. only. It's an absolute. I don't do anything if I don't see the Father mm-hmm. doing it, right? I only do that. So, and then he says, I only say what I hear him say. In other words, everything that Jesus did for all of his life was all father directed, right. was all God directed, right? That means he had an intimacy that was ongoing. There weren't gaps in it. It was very detailed. It was very alive. It was very fresh and on time. It was all the time. And he's our example. We're supposed to walk like him. Where is this in the church? And the reason is people don't believe that that's a reality. Mm -hmm. They don't believe that's a reality. But then when, you know, I've pulled this up multiple times, you look at Cain, who is not a role model at all. 
but he was having full-out conversations with God. Yeah. Where is our full-out conversations with God? Yeah. Where is this interaction with the Lord? Where is this intimate fellowship? And so years ago, I found it as a revelation. And, you know, there was nobody around me at the time telling me, that, no, that's not right, you can't do it. So I just went after it. It became a reality. Yeah. And it became a reality. It was later on that I found out that most of your religious leaders think that's crazy. It's not crazy. It's all over this word. I just gave you gave you multiple scriptures. It's a reality and supposed to be a reality for a believer. And when you have that fellowship, confidence comes. And when you have that confidence, peace comes. Yep. We're designed to live. Put that in the comments. We're designed to live in fellowship, confidence, and peace. It's supposed to be an ongoing, everyday reality, but it hasn't been. And I want to change that. Amen. I want people to walk in it. I want you to see it. I want you to grab a hold of it. And I want you to have that confidence as well. And uh, I've watched many people that just don't have confidence in that. And the issue is they don't have uh, the reality of that fellowship and a revelation of their righteousness. Yeah. Um, you know, what What stuck out to me was, like, you see that in Jesus, you know, and uh, like a lot of people can be like, oh, well, you know, Jesus. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the scripture that kept coming to me was Acts 4.13, where you see the disi- the disciples or the apostles at this point. Yes. Um, in Acts 4.13, like, they're, they're, ta- they're talking to the, to the leaders. Uh, they were arrested and uh, and they just were being like Jesus. Yes. You know? And yes. in Acts four thirteen it says this. Now, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John, and understood that they were uneducated, untrained, untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Yes. They recognized the fellowship. They had they been had. in fellowship. And, and uh, it well. Like, you look at them pre-resurrection. Can't believe I didn't put that verse in my notes. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> great, great call. You know, but, uh, you know, you look at them pre-resurrection, you know, when yeah. when Jesus was taken away from them, they had a whole different level of confidence. Yeah. That was, yeah. But then post-resurrection, all of a sudden, yeah. now they didn't just have confidence, oh, yeah, you know, Jesus rose again. But there was a, something put in them, the Holy Spirit that was put in them, that gave yeah. them a whole yeah. different level of confidence. That now, it's not just, you know... God with us is God in us. That yes. fellowship. Yes. They hadn't just been with Jesus in the past. No, they were carrying yes. Jesus, the same yes. Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, dwelling in them, yes. was carrying them. So now they get arrested. They're in front of religious leaders who are saying, "Don't do this anymore." Yes. Who are we going to listen to? You or God? Yeah. And even in that statement, there's fellowship involved because we're listening to God. We're yeah. in fellowship with God, and what He's telling us to do, we're going to do that. And they, yes. they heard, they saw this confidence from these people. And they, oh, no, they've been with Jesus. They recognized the fellowship that they had but based on their confidence. Right. And the confidence that they carried in light of persecution and, and arrest and all these things. Yeah. They recognized their fellowship by their confidence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One other thing before we completely jump into the conversation that I want to throw in there is mm-hmm. how about wisdom to know mm-hmm. what to do, yeah. you know? Out of this fellowship and out of this relationship comes a wisdom. He says in James 1, if any, and if, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and without reproach. And then it says, let him ask in faith. Yeah. You know, don't waver. You know? And so 
he says, because that man's going to be tossed around like a wave of the sea. And so one of the things that we see is God wants us to have wisdom. And But I want you to watch this because this, all right, this goes back to this relationship and this balance of confidence and knowledge and wisdom of God is I watch people all the time, religious leaders included, um, that think they know what God said to do, and then they jump out into it, and then they got to change it up and everything, and they don't know. And I've done that too. I've done it plenty, but it definitely has gone down, you know, because when you understand your relationship, I'll tell you this, if you don't know what God's telling you to do, then either one, you need to keep praying about it, or he hasn't spoken. Yep. Because if you're asking for wisdom, he's going to give you wisdom out of this fellowship. Yeah. And so if you don't know what that wisdom is, you don't have that wisdom. Yeah. You know, It's got to be a knowing. Now, that knowing can come from a still, small voice, and you need to pray those things out. But you need to know what he said. Yeah. And, and watch this. And you can. There's many spiritual leaders that think it's always like vague and no. you know kind of out there somewhere and maybe you'll get a glimpse of it and but you never know. I've heard leaders talk yeah. like that. That's not a reality and that's not confidence. That's not that's not the relationship of God at all. That is the beginning of a relationship maybe, but it's not the fullness of it. And so when you are in this full see I'm I'm confident if I don't know what to do and I know that I know that God said it, then I hadn't heard from him yet, yeah. and I'm not moving. Yeah. And people say, well, you need to move on this at the time. And I was like, I ain't moving. Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. If I've not seen it in the Father and I've not received that in fellowship, I'm not moving. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many times that has saved me, how many times that's been a blessing to me yeah. over and over and over and over and over again. Well, one of the things that, um, as Betty was just sharing, that the Lord brought to me is something that I've heard Brother Tracy say before, Brother Hagen has said it, that, you know, Brother Dag Heward Mills, when you read on prayer, when you read on fellowship, one of the things that they say is many people don't know who to talk to. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll go to talk to the Father, or they'll go and talk, you know, they'll just speak. But we've been given, we've been given a helper, and obviously, you, Jesus is our intercessor, yeah. but there's a power that we've been given, and his name is Holy Spirit. And that's why so much, in my opinion, so much of the church doesn't have fellowship because we've under-esteemed Holy Spirit. Yes. We've under-esteemed who he is. He's not just the helper. Yeah. The word literally calls him the revealer. When yeah. you get into 1 Corinthians 2, it says... You know, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. He's he's literally saying these are things that your brain can't comprehend. But he yes. says, even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, First Corinthians 2.12 so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Yes. God made them available. Jesus died so we could have them, but it's Holy Spirit who yes. speaks them to yes. us. And if we don't have a fellowship with his Holy Spirit, if we don't understand the flow of the Holy Ghost and how he brings things to our spirit, how he'll communicate to us, then we have no 
we have little hope of hearing yes. from him because we're expecting it to be this great big like pie in the sky sort of firework moment but holy spirit brings things up to us in a spe- yeah. like in specific ways mm-hmm. and that's how that's where it log jammed for me you and pastor Nicole would tell me often you know you need to get a revelation of the lord you need to know who you are you need to develop your fellowship and i was like okay task check do all the things it had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with me getting to the place where I learned who he was. Yeah. Where yeah. I just began to meet with him and have time with him. And it came down to knowing him. And when yeah. I started to know the three parts of the Lord, there's a father, there's a son, and there's a Holy Ghost, things started flowing differently. Yeah. Because yeah. instead of going, not that there's a wrong part of God, but you know, instead of going to God when I should be going to Holy Spirit and asking Him for wisdom and going to Jesus and asking Him for certain things, I was just yeah making it so convoluted when it was just Holy Ghost revealed to me what you want me to know, <laughs> like, yeah. revealed to me the Father's heart because yeah. they're three in one, but they're three. Yeah, <laughs> like there's three parts of Him. Right. Yeah. That goes back to the verse John 16. You know, it says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. Yes. Uh, For he will not speak on my own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. Yeah. And this is Jesus. He says, he will glorify me. He will take a mind, disclose it to you. So that who's the one doing the disclosing? It's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 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 Well, the Holy Spirit, you know, Jesus is the doorway and he is the the mediator of yeah. the covenant, yeah. you know, in that way. I think we could look at it and say it this way. I don't see any problem with saying it this way, but the Holy Spirit is the mediator of our fellowship, Yeah. you know. And this now you've uncovered one of the major problems in the church yep. is because people don't want to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit because they feel like it's out there. So they don't have an intimate fellowship because they're not given to the mediator of that fellowship, yep. right? They, they're, they're standoffish from the Holy Spirit. They're standoffish from a flow of the Spirit, from a move of the Spirit. And so because of that, he's the one designated by God to be the mediator of that intimate fellowship. Yeah. You know, Jesus made it available, but he gave us the Spirit to bring it to to be the one in between, to be to be the one that speaks to us. You know, his spirit speaks to our spirit. He's the one who leads us and guides us and all of that. So the Holy Spirit, the one that God the Father has designated yeah. to mediate that fellowship, many people have held it at arm's length. Like, you know, they'll talk about them, but they don't have interaction. Yeah. And because they don't have interaction, this fellowship has not been real, you know. Many times when I talk to people and I'll, you know, they're going through stuff, I'll, I'll ask them, I'll say, when's the last time you prayed in the Holy Ghost, that you interacted with the mediator of this fellowship is what I'm asking. And uh, they'll be like, it's, it's been a while, it's not been enough. And I was like, you need to do that. You know, yeah. you need to pray in the Holy Spirit a lot. You should, If you have downtime, if you're walking from one room to the other, pray in the Holy Ghost. If you're, if you're getting ready... Pray in the Holy yeah. Ghost, yeah. you know. Pray in the Holy Spirit all the time. But in order to pray in the Holy Spirit, you got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yep. And how many people are afraid of that? So they've, they've restricted their own fellowship yep. because of that. Yeah. Well, what you what you just said remind, brought up something that the Lord was talking to me about. And it's, you know, 
we can pretty confidently say that marriage is something that's attacked by the enemy because marriage is supposed Absolutely. to be a picture of God. Yeah. You know, it's the same way in this fellowship with the Lord because when we have a fellowship with the Holy Ghost, yeah. that is going to lead people to know how to connect to their Lord and Savior that yeah. much more. Why else would Holy Spirit get attacked so much? Because it's a power source, yes. not just for lightning bolts to shoot out of your hand, but so that way you, we have access to him directly, Yeah, directly. And what the Lord was talking to me about was when you started ministering this here at the church, Pastor Brian did a um, a series called Reset. He did it back in 2014. Um, he did it on Connection Show. He's also spoken that he's going to do it again soon. So yeah. be on the lookout for it. But it was about reset. Huge revelation. And it goes hand in yeah. hand with this. It's yeah. about resetting back to your first love. And what, as you were talking, what the Lord just kept bringing up to me was the first time my husband, George, ever told me that he loved me. Like, yeah. in that moment, and, like, for <laughs> weeks, I was on a high. Like, <laughs> yeah. every th my thoughts went around, George loves me. Yeah. George loves me. George loves me. Yeah. And, like, you couldn't knock me down. Like, I was, <laughs> I was set. I would meditate on it. You couldn't speak a word to me about how George didn't love me yeah. because I was so confident. I knew when he said it. <laughs> I knew yeah. where we were. And so if somebody had come up and was like, are you sure? Yeah, no, I'm sure. <laughs> I promise it happened this day, this time. But I was meditating on it. I meditated on it so much that it became who I was. Yeah. When we get born again, there's that initial confidence. That's why, you know, fresh believers, they're often the ones sent out to soul win because they have a confidence and a high of, yeah. I have a savior that loves me. Yes. Like he loves me. Yeah. And that's where we need to start meditating again, going back to our first love, remembering who we fell in love with first him he loves us yeah. the probably the one of the biggest encounters i've to date ever had with the lord here at the church i'm not going to go into all of it but the takeaway like it, i was with i was with the lord like i was <laughs> i was with him and in that moment where it's he and i all that came up out of me was i'm loved by him. Yeah. I don't have any problems. Yeah. Like I remember. So it's the same revelation that you have with George. Yeah. Yeah. When you got that revelation, then when George said that. Yeah. You had the same. See, if we get that revelation of, of God loving us like that, it changes our fellowship. But the, and I know this is a little longer and I apologize, but the point that I want to get to is in those moments when it first happens, it's so in you yes. that nobody can shake it out of you. That's it's, right. I know this to be true. The enemy hates marriage. He hates our intimacy with the Lord. And so he wants to just sow doubt and, yes. and division in there. But if we'll have that revelation of and keep it in front of us of my God loves yes. me. I am loved by him and nothing can separate me from him. Then we're going to be more grounded when those yes. thoughts come. Yes. Well, and so I, I think Buddy's got something. But also I want you to do this. If you have... Can you see this? Can you see this as being an issue? Can you see this as being 
a problem that we need to get better at. Yeah. And can you see this as being the solution to it? And do you have questions about it right away? Put them in the comments right now because we're not going to go forever on this broadcast. But here's, here's what I want to ask you is, what? all right, we get a revelation of God's love and the intimate fellowship that he wants. We get a revelation of his righteousness. And in those moments, you can't be shaken. Why is it that we can be shaken a few weeks from then? Because we've left it. We've drifted away. Our eyes aren't on it. But has the truth remained? Is the truth still there? Yes. So it, the truth is not gone, but we've not done what it says Abraham did in, in Romans 4. Yeah. We've not become fully persuaded. Yep. Yeah. In other words, we were persuaded in the moment for a season, but then we go a few days and we don't meditate on it. We don't have it as an ongoing revelation and reality that we're, remember, he told Joshua, meditate on my law, meditate on the word day and night. Yeah. Then you will make your way successful. So we can get a revelation of it, but not continue in that revelation. And then the issue is we're not fully persuaded. The truth is still there. It's still just as strong, yep. just as strong as when you had it. Yep. It's just as strong, just as powerful but if we don't apply faith to that truth, then we won't see the outcome. Yeah. So what happens is we can have this great revelation, have this great moment in church, but if we don't take those words and continue to grow their strength and the reality of it, then we will see a downfall of the, the manifestation of yeah. it, right? We'll see that decline. So we have to keep these things fresh. That's why we need to meditate on the Word day and night. When I watch people that are like this, the issue is they're living from church service to church service, but throughout the week, they're not meditating on those truths. Yep. They're, they're not meditating on the Word of God. And so they don't stay at this place of revelation. They, they actually, where their revelation goes, their life goes, yeah. right? And so they'll have a revelation one time, they'll agree with it, they'll amen it, but then they can lose it. They can leak that, so to speak. And what we need to do is meditate on those things day and night so yeah. that we're stable and we, we keep that confidence. But it has to be an ongoing. I, I would say one of the keys that I have uh, that I've learned to pick up, this is not something I always did, but this is something I've learned to pick up is if I get a revelation of God it becomes an absolute to me. Mm -hmm. Like I see it as black and white. That helps me to walk in that revelation all the time. And so, but I watch as people will allow what should be black and white, I, I watch as the enemy comes in and dulls it and turns it gray. Mm -hmm. And now it's a question mark to him. And when it becomes a question mark to you, 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 don't, you can't apply faith to it. Yeah. It has to be an absolute promise, an absolute truth to us. Yeah. And we've got to receive, that's what a child would, you know, if I told Luke right now, if I told Luke, hey, as soon as this broadcast is over, we're going and we're getting, you know, sweet frog. Like he's holding me to it. It's an absolute to him. It's not a maybe. It's not, no, dad said it. We're going to get it. He's very literal anyway. Mm -hmm. And, and when, see, but that's also childlikeness. Yeah. See, when we'll take God's goodness and become literal with yeah. his goodness, mm -hmm. right? Become absolute with his goodness. He says, then you'll enter the domain of the yeah. king, the kingdom. Yeah. You know, then you'll enter that kingdom where God can rule. So, yeah. amen. Yeah.
Yeah, no, the only other thing that was sticking out to me, I think it's First John chapter 4 when it says there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. That revelation, that continued revelation, the continued fellowship with yes. love himself That's right. casts out fear. Yes. What do you carry when you have no fear? Confidence. You know, yes. like if that's yes. what fearlessness looks like. It looks like confidence. Yes. You know, it's not it's not cockiness. It's not, you know That's a great it's, point. It's it's confidence. Yeah. No, I know who I am in Christ. I know and it's I know who I am in Christ, not I know who I am in me. Yeah. In Christ, in fellowship with perfect love, fears cast out and I can walk in absolute confidence. Yes. You know, that even though the situation looks rough, even though this person is getting in my face and like telling me that I'm way off or yeah. all these different things. No, if I'm in that continuous fellowship with love himself, yes, that I can have confidence, you know, in, in whatever it is. And then I, and, and people can see and share that same testimony that they shared in Acts 4.13 that, that that person shared with you, you know, yeah. the confidence. Yeah. I see yeah. the confidence. I recognize the confidence. And it has to be no other than, They've been with Jesus. That's right. And I want that to be what people say about me. Is yeah. They've been with, I can tell Buddy's been with Jesus. Yeah. Because I can see that confidence that he carries. Like, I want that to be my testimony. And I Amen. Want, I want people to yeah. be able to say that about me. And it's, there's no other reason other than I'm in fellowship with love himself. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Glory to God. Did we have any uh, questions? I've not been not able to I keep saw. up. Yeah. Amen. Oh, Grayson says, I have a question. How do we know what things of God are to be taken literally and which aren't, if there, are even, if there even are things that aren't to be taken literally? Well, you do have a lot of symbolism in, in the word, and you have, you know, a lot of, um, what's the word? I'm, poetry. Metaphors. And yeah, you have, you have a lot of types and shadows, and you, poetry is, you'll find a lot of that. But when you see the character and nature of God, that's an absolute. That's mm -hmm. a literal thing. When you see a direct promise, you know, yeah. on that cross, he bore our sins and our sicknesses. That's yeah. a literal thing. Yeah. That's an absolute thing. Yeah. So when you see a direct promise like that, yeah. you, you should take it as directly as you can. Uh, you know, in a parable, a lot of times people mess up because they try to bring a lot of points out of parables. Um, a parable generally, a parable was known as having one major moral point, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so, for example, in the parable of the talents, you have uh, the guy, he gives, he has three servants. He gives one five talents. Uh, he gives one two and he gives one one. And then the one with five turns it into ten. The one with two turns it into four. And the one with one talent buries the talent, Right. And uh, he comes back, he tells the one who multiplied it, good job, well done, good faithful servant, tells the second one the same thing, tells the third one um, that buried the talent, didn't do anything with it. He said the least you could have done was put it in the bank and get interest on it. Mm -hmm. And he says, you wicked servant. So the overall moral of that parable is what I've given to you, utilize it and seek to multiply it, yeah. right? Don't. Don't waste what I've given you, right? That's the over. That's the overall. But then you have some people they'll go into and say, "Now, if God will give you five, He will give you ten. You know, and like you're trying, you're pulling out something that's not literal there, and that's not a promise. That was an example in the parable. Yeah. And um, so that's where you would be mindful of that. But that's also where you have it. You know, before you establish your own personal doctrines. Get confirmation of them. First of all, it should ha line up with the word. There should generally be two or three witnesses of 
a point like that mm-hmm. and you know, get confirmation with a pastor that knows the word. You know, yeah. if you don't have a pastor, that, if you have a pastor that doesn't really know the word, then find another pastor, but find another church. But they should know the word and and they should go after the word and be studying. I'm not saying that they know everything there is to know about the word. They're not God, but they're after it. They're going yeah. after it, you know. And they, they'll go, you ask them a question they don't know. Um, they're looking into it. Yeah. They might not know. You know, I had a question one time for the Lord, and I didn't get an answer for 10 years later, and I don't know anybody that knows the answer to it, really, that would know that answer to it. So it's not that they know everything, but they're going after it. Yeah. And um, you want to look for that, get confirmation of it before you yeah. set yourself on the absolutes. But when you see a, a literal promise, you know, and, and, and look at... You can see most of those by looking at the names of God. Mm-hmm. So when you see Jehovah Rapha, he's the God who heals. When you see uh, Jehovah Sidkenu, he's our righteousness. You know, He's our banner. He's our peace, Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Jireh, he's the Lord who provides. That's who he is. You're not going to change that. That's yeah. his character. That's his nature. He's a provider, and he will provide uh, what he's promised. Yeah. You know, so... You look at the names of God, you can see a lot of those literal things in that way. Now, take that, for instance, you know, our provider, uh, Jehovah Jireh, he's our provider. Well, obviously, he's, he's made a direct promise to provide for us what we need and what we desire, but that heart's desire should be given to the Lord. So it's the desires that God has put in our heart, not just our flesh's mm-hmm. desire. All right, so he didn't promise that he'd give us our flesh's desire. So you could say, I, you know, I want that Lamborghini, you know, and then you say, I, and Jehovah Jireh's going to provide it for me. Well, you're out of line with Scripture at that point because God didn't make you a promise for that, you know, unless he gave you a direct word and it, it was confirmed and you know that, know that you know that it was God. He hadn't given you a word for that. That now you're in presumption. You can only have faith on what he has spoken directly, either mm-hmm. by scripture or by the Holy Ghost to you. And so you don't you don't take it and try to apply it literally to something that he's not said. That goes back to what Jesus said there. So that's a really great question. So as you're talking, what the Lord just brought something up to me, and I don't know if I've ever made this connection till right now because he made it. But I I what what I believe you said was the more secure you are in your fellowship, the less you need to dig for extra stuff in the word. Yeah. Like and yeah. And, and hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you don't dig no, into the word. No, I get what you're saying. That's yeah. not what I'm meaning. But prior to me having any sort of true fellowship and intimacy with the Lord, I'd read and I'd study and I'd get in the Greek and I'd do all this stuff and I'd send pastor messages of, did you know that this is here and this could equal this and this could unlock Pandora's box? It's so cool. And you would do that. <laughs> you would smile and nod and, mm, okay. <laughs> but I don't... because I've done it. I know the mistake. But... Like, as you're talking, I, I'm i thinking of you and Brother Tracy and, like, the men of God that, you know, we draw on here at the ministry. 
Yeah. I don't, I haven't seen any of them attack the word of, I've got to find out who God is because it's, it's only in the word. They're more dependent upon their intimate fellowship with the Lord to reveal the word That's to right. them instead of allowing logic to unlock the word the for The Holy them. Ghost mm-hmm. will disclose mm-hmm. all things to us through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is through intimacy. It's not through... It's not through my study. Yes, study to show myself approved. But the point of that when you go to the full counsel of the word is while I'm studying, the Holy Spirit will unlock it, not my logic. I didn't even realize that I'd relaxed in my reading and studying until right now. I was like, well, that's different. And that was the the point that I was getting ready to make is, so what will happen, and this is a major trap in this, and this is where fellowship comes in and is so important is a major trap is you won't, you're hungry for the things of God. You get in there, your logic and your soulish side, you know, the soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. Your soulish side is running rampant, and you find what looks like to be a revelation, yeah. right? And the Bible already says there's nothing new under the sun, and, and you'll see that almost every deception, it's gone around before. You know, there's, oh, yeah, I remember, I'm, I'm old enough now where I'm starting to see the same, you know, deceptions, you know, cycle back yeah. around. You know, I'm starting to see they run in they run in cycles and the devil will pull them out for a while and pull them out for a season and people fall for stuff and fall away from the church and people fall for it because they don't know the word and they and they're not in fellowship where God has planted them. Yeah. They don't get confirmation. And uh, one of the most tragic things I ever saw was as a book came out, basically said you didn't have to go to church. And there was this lady that had gone to church for years and years and years and years. She read that book, got a got a revelation that she didn't have to go to church anymore, which is directly contradictory mm-hmm. to the word. But because she read it in a book and it made her feel a certain way, she believed it. Completely fell out of church, seemed like her life fell apart and everything because she got a revelation. And uh, really sad. Like it yeah. really hurt my heart, you know, hurt my heart. So this is the trap of that is that we want to go after God. We want to be some somebody important to him, right? You want to be somebody important to him. So you feel like you have to you have to almost prove it. You have to get something. You know, you have to have a new revelation or or the pride of life wants to be something, be somebody and so you want to be known for a revelation or something. So we dig and try to find yeah. those things. And then when we find something we want to we want to have it so much that we're willing to overlook the checks and balances that the word has already put into place over our lives, taking it to our pastor, uh, taking it, and we'll we will sidestep that because God revealed this to me. Well, maybe it wasn't God, but see, because if you don't have a real intimate fellowship and you're not very well skilled in that, there's a good chance that you think something's God when it's not. Yeah. Good chance, high high probability, very high probability. It wasn't God, and it's actually a demon and a doctrine of a demon trying to get you to believe something that's very enticing to our flesh and to our logic. And all of a sudden, and I've watched it, people get completely off track, and that's why we have to go back to the simplicity of the word. You know, uh, just this week, somebody sent me a video of a pastor doing something that's very controversial, and uh, and I, he said, what do you think about this? I said, well, I said, the thing that I pray is that he wasn't in his mind figuring that out, that 
If, he, if it's right, the Holy Spirit would have led him. So did it come from the Spirit or did it come from his mind? The odds are it came from his mind. And uh, very dangerous stuff when you get to operating in the soulish realm because you mm. can open yourself up to demonic things. And uh, that's why you, it, it's not something to fear. It's just something to know the trap, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why if you'll humble yourself, you know, and take those newfound doctrines, newfound revelations to mm-hmm. your spiritual leaders, you're planted with them for a purpose. Yeah. It'll save you, you know. And, uh, and so a lot of times I'll watch people get super excited. And what they're doing is, well, why aren't you so excited about this? Either one, I've seen that before and dealt with that before, and I know the answer to it. Or two, I have a sense on it already. That's not right. That doesn't coincide with the rest of the full counts of the word. And the issue is, if it's that big of a revelation, you don't have to publish it right now. Yep. You can wait. Make You can get confirmation, and God tells us to get confirmation of it. And so... But this flows out of fellowship. And see, when you're in that fellowship, you'll have that knowing where it's like something's just not right on that, you know. And so uh, you'll you'll know because the Holy Spirit will be like, ah, I don't like that. And you'll sense that. The whole, you'll sense the Holy Spirit going, I don't like that. Yeah. And you'll go, I don't know what it is, but something doesn't sit well with me on that. Now, you have to learn when is that the Spirit and when is that my head? Uh, when is that my logic? Because we can avoid something that God actually wanted to do because our logic doesn't like it and we can, you know, miss it or, you know, we could fall into something that our mind likes but the spirit doesn't like. Yeah. So you have to learn the difference and the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword to show that difference. Yeah. What's doing the speaking in our in the three parts of man. And so if you if you don't know fully or like to study more on the three parts of man, uh, we have a, a series on that. We'll put the link up for you here on the three parts of man. But you need to you need to see that. It, I was talking to Buddy last week. If you don't understand the three parts of man mm-hmm. and how they interact, then you will misinterpret scripture. Yeah, all over the place. You will misinterpret scripture. So it's a big key. Mm-hmm. Anything else? <laughs> Amen. Well, this is. We hope it's been a blessing to you. It's been a pleasure for us. Uh, if you have any other questions about this and walking in this confidence and peace, it is a fellowship with God that can be a reality. It doesn't have to be just a theory. It yeah. is, I can tell you from experience, it is a reality to Nicole and I. It is a reality to the people at Boomerang, to at this church. It is a reality. We walk in that all the time. And I'm telling you, God does great and mighty things in that all the time. So we praise God for you. If you would like to sow today, you are welcome to. Uh, You can go to giveww.org. You can give Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, text to give, give one time or recurrently, cryptocurrency. You can do all of that right there at giveww.org, or you can uh, look at that uh, QR code, zap that, and uh, it'll send you there. Uh, what we'd like to do, you don't have to give. Uh, it is not a requirement at all. We sow this broadcast into the world. That is for people that the Lord is telling them to give or in their heart they desire to give and be a part of what we're doing. Uh, it is in the word that we should be givers yeah. in that way. Uh, so it he, he will be telling you to give on yeah. a regular basis, and we should want to give on a regular basis. 
but it's not mandatory and it's not under compulsion. So for all of those that are giving today, we want to bless it. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, let every gift, every seed be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, running over into their lives. Lord, let it be supernaturally, exponentially multiplied and let it be supernaturally quick as a return and a harvest in Jesus' name, we praise you, Lord, and we thank you. Thank you that this is our year of multiplied yeah. increase. Yeah. You, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Glory amen. to God. Do y'all have anything else before we leave? No, sir. Well, thank you. Did you get something out of it? Oh, for sure. Praise God. Did y'all get something out of it? And uh, we love you. We will see you tomorrow. And what I wanted to tell you is tomorrow uh, we will be doing one of two things. We'll be either be talking some more about this topic or, I'm not sure about it yet, or we will be going into Proverbs chapter 3. And so I'm going to seek the Lord on it. It's going to be one of those two, And uh, but we're going into Proverbs chapter 3. If it's not tomorrow, it should be the next day. We want to do it this week. And uh, so look forward to that. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. We love you. And here is Abigail to take us out. Hey, guys, make sure that you join us tomorrow. No matter what the word is going to be about, it is going to be powerful. It is going to be on time, and it is going to be Holy Spirit-led just for you tomorrow. So make sure to join us at 1130. I'm also going to tell you tomorrow is Wednesday, hint, hint, which means Bible trivia. You can win money just by getting the Bible answer correct. And some of them are genuinely really, really easy. But also, if you look in the comments right now, Buddy has put the three parts of man, the link to it in the comments. So if you're wanting that, there it is. I think as soon as this broadcast goes off, it will disappear. I think the comments will. So click it now. Um, as soon as I'm done talking, then click it. And then you'll have that. But we want to see you tomorrow at 1130. We also want to let you know Kickstart 2022 is coming up quickly. It is Zooming. It is almost the beginning of February, and that means kickstart. February 7th through the 11th, every night at 6.30, we're going to have Brother Tracy Harry, Tracy Harry? Tracy Harris with us. And it's, guys, uh, the expectation, wherever your expectation has been for this upcoming week, it, it needs to go higher. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Invite your friends and family. Get as many people to come as you can because no one wants to miss it. We also have registration up now. So make sure to go to bclife.org slash ks. That's bclife.org slash ks. And there you can register. Make sure no matter who you are, you need to register that you're coming so that we know. And guys, it's just going to be great. So we hope to see you there. But until next time, we'll see you tomorrow. Make sure to click that three parts of man link in the comments. Bye.